Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The same thing, they're going in practice. Let's see if it translates to the actual games. And uh, Michigan, a guy from Flint, so magic like that. Lonzo for three. He's got it. Lonzo ball for a triple. Well, you can see the fans. They are on Lonzo's train, so to speak. Yes. Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where class is back in session. Back to school night for the Lakers tonight for their first taste of real NBA basketball. Alan, I have a question for you. What's up? Are Aaron Brooks' hands that grippy and strong, or is Nike jersey material not on fleek? I think Nike jersey material is so on fleek that it's like they're not even wearing anything at all. Okay, okay, cool. But Aaron Brooks is definitely not that strong. <laughs> that, that was really bizarre seeing Tyler. I've never seen a half jersey like that, torn to shreds like that. <laughs> so weird. That's the new craze. Yeah. Everybody's going to be doing it. Was this made in China? Not that that means anything, but everything's made in China. Anyways, um, Lakers basketball. They need to be made by Big Brawler Brand, is that's us Ooh, what needs to happen. Right. That, I mean, LeVar Ball was there. He was. Taking pictures, taking autographs, so maybe that's his pitch to the NBA, the league. Our material is better. So there we go. Um, <laughs> Lakers basketball is back. We're here for our instant reaction, raw, live. Um, how did it feel seeing actual basketball again? And seeing actually seeing Lonzo Ball in an actual Lakers jersey? It was fun, dude. I was really excited. Uh, just pumped up all day long despite all the college football and just uh, craziness in the sports world right now. Like I was watching the Dodger game a little bit. I started recording that. 
I was watching the UCLA football game literally only during Lakers commercials. Let's not talk about just, the USC game last much, night. Yeah, it sucks for you guys. Um, yeah, I was just ignoring everything except for this all-important Lakers preseason game. Yeah, it was good to have that, you know, whenever there's a Lakers game, that lead up to the game where your your day is pretty much set. You know what you're going to do, you know what food you're going to eat, you plan out your night, you know, it's great. I love it. So true. Um, And yeah, it was great to see Lonzo Ball in an actual Lakers jersey. And, you know, yeah, the Lakers ended up losing 108-99 to the T-Wolves. First preseason game, obviously, at the Honda Center. Um, Before we get started, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes because the more you rate and interview us, that's how many times Lonzo Ball will continue to say ZO2 because he says it a lot in his song, ZO2, which I guess makes sense. But uh, what you rocking, Alan? That's also how many times uh, Nike jerseys are going to be ripping. Ooh, yikes. Uh, yeah, but rate and interview us nonetheless because ZO2, ZO2. What car are we in, Alan? ZO2. ZO2. What mic are we using right now? ZO2 mic. What air are we breathing right now? ZO2. ZO2. So ZO2, 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 everybody. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Also, if. Zinc oxide? Is that. Is. What? I don't know. You chemistry majors out there. I was not good. I was in an AP chem. Um, but also, if you're so inclined, please also consider donating like a dollar or three dollars to our Patreon page, which is pinned to the top of our Twitter homepage in the about section, uh, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Any amount you can give would help. Uh, with that said, let's get into things really quickly. Um, tonight's show is going to be kind of scattered because it's going to be like our raw reactions. But yeah, I guess let's let's start with general thoughts here. Obviously, obviously Kuzma led the way with 19 and 5. Lonzo had a solid game with five, eight, seven, and two steals. Uh, Ingram started out really hot, got tapped on a few shots, ended up four for 15, but he had 10.6 rebounds. The Lakers actually outshot Minnesota 44% to 41.6%, but they only shot five for 30 from three, a very abysmal 16%. Um, they had 27 assists to 16 turnovers. Um, yeah, what were your general impressions of the game as it started out and as it progressed? I mean, I was extremely excited when it first started, mainly because Brandon Ingram was being freaking aggressive. He hits two three-pointers right off the bat, and he was just really asserting himself. So that was exciting to see, and I thought Lonzo was being his typical selfless, you know, self. Um, so things are pretty much unfolding the way you would expect and pretty much what we all anticipated. Now, as far as, like, the foul trouble... If you remember last year in preseason, it was like the exact same thing. We could not stop fouling other teams, and it lasted for many, many games. So uh, that conti- that started up again tonight, I guess you could say. Um, but overall, I would say I saw some good things. You know, I'm not going to be like I'm so <clears throat> like super hyped up or whatever. I'm also not but like super disappointed. Um, there are a lot of things we need to work on, of course, and some things. We're a little bit disappointing, but uh, there are some things to be excited about, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously before the game began, I was still super lit from what we saw in Summer League and what we've been hearing in training camp. And then kind of just got a dose of reality, you know, tonight in terms of, oh, yeah, this is real NBA basketball again. But to be fair, it was a good matchup and good test for Lonzo Ball. You know, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves literally trotted out their starting lineup for the season. And if you want any solace from tonight's game it's the fact that the lakers you know squared up against minnesota's starting lineup and was they they were tied at the end of one right and without their actual starting lineup brooke lopez is out 
Um, yeah, mainly Brooke Lopez being out. So the Lakers kind of had a mishmash small ball unit, which I thought was going to do really well and run the gym, you know, run Minnesota out of the gym, which didn't end up happening because lo and behold, oh, Minnesota is perfectly suited to play <laughs> this type of game. And their bigs are actually their best shooters, which is unbelievable. But Todd Gibson and freaking Carl Towns hitting threes is so stupid. But, you know, it is what it is. New, new era NBA. Um, but it, it was good to, to have. Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, you know, all those guys have a taste of the real NBA again and get acclimated to that. Um, so I'm glad they squared, they were able to square up against Minnesota's actual roster and rotation because even at the end, they had Crawford and Gibson still playing and the bench actually held their own, which was good. Uh, for me, you know, crazy start, super fast paced, super electric. Uh, it was fun to, to see them going up and down. The effort was there. Um, I will say, as is the case when you have such a fast, unit like the Lakers or the fast pace that the Lakers are trying to run this year if you're going to play that frenetically on the offensive end you also have to play that frenetically on the defensive end and right now transition D especially is pretty garbage um I feel like the Lakers are just relying on going fast without you know they've been preaching it all of training camp in terms of you know our defense 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 is what's going to get us to leak out and run that fast but so far after the first preseason game the defense was scattered. It didn't seem like the guys really knew what they were doing. They relied more on, okay, Minnesota scores really quickly. Let's just get it out really quickly anyways, without the defensive part there yet. Um, I did I did think the activity was there. Everybody was trying to contest shots. Everybody was trying to run around screens and all that stuff. Uh, Lonzo Ball had a couple good stops on Jeff Teague, made him pick up his dribble. Same with Contavious Caldwell-Pope on either Jimmy Butler or Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Brandon Ingram was held his ground a little bit against Wiggins as well. But outside of that, guys were getting into the lane really easily. Second chance shots were being had, but mostly the transition D was garbage. Um, as Luke has said, half court offense obviously hasn't been installed yet. Um, so that was apparent, I think. Um, yeah, those 33 pointers kind of gives that one away. Yes. And that was, that was disappointing. Like them not hitting their shots, but, but yeah, really not having too much going on in the half court. Um, yeah, you know, after, after one, after the first half, the Lakers allowed like 10 offensive rebounds, 21 free throw attempts, as you pointed out, lots of fouling. Um, so yeah, they held the, the Minnesota, you know, the 37% after the first half, 41% overall, but with the foul shots and then, you know, Minnesota can play up and down just yeah, like and us. It, yeah, all that fouling just takes both teams out of the rhythm of the game for sure. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a little bit harder to get an offensive flow, especially if you don't have a half-court uh, system in place whatsoever. If the other team is shooting free throws every time, you cannot get up and down the floor very quickly for quick-hitting offense or transition points. So definitely the free throws and the fouling is going to affect your offense, which is probably why we looked pretty discombobulated at times. Yeah, so I, I think at the end of the day... The I think fouling is also a product of fatigue. Oh, for which sure. Which is what Luke said after the game is, yeah, we're not in good shape right now. Um, a lot of the transition defensive principles that we worked on during training camp this week were not showing up. So, yeah, hopefully guys will work with Gunner <laughs> and get that endurance up. Yeah, right now it just seems like all the fast-pacedness, freneticness is just focused in on one side of the court right now, and then on the other side... It's chickens with their heads cut off, which, I mean, makes sense because it is a scattered sort of play. And, you know, I actually thought at the beginning, like, oh, man, you know, Lonzo Ball thrives on this chaotic type of play. And then you realize, well, 
yeah, he thrives in summer league. Mm-hmm. You, and then you play Maybe against not actually, so much against Tom right, Thibodeau. And you like Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, yeah, Carl Towns shooting threes, and you're just like, oh boy. Even Shabazz Muhammad's going yeah, off. I mean, yeah. this is reality, right? And so it's time to scale it back a little and then work on your fundamentals again. You and know? the crazy thing is, despite all of that, Lonzo Ball still ended up having uh, eight assists. He did. He had three turnovers, which that's actually not that bad for a rookie's first game. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, the Lakers had 16 turnovers, not that much more than Minnesota. I think Minnesota maybe had one more turnover. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like that they were – everybody was very pass-aware in terms of everybody was looking to pass. Jordan Clarkson was looking to pass. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really cool to see. That was very apparent. Um yeah, so let's just go and go through just like our hardline top or hardline thoughts in terms of, you know, player of the game, best offensive play, best defensive play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's start off with what was your offensive play of the game? Offensive play of the game. I If I had to pick one, it would be Kyle Kuzma's lefty hook. Mm, but yeah. <laughs> I would like combine that with the righty hook that came right after it, and then the floater <laughs> that came. So if you could like package deal the three Kuzma offensive plays back to back to back, that would be my ideal choice. But if I had to pick one, it was the lefty hook for sure. Yeah, he definitely showed the full repertoire, offensive repertoire, randomly, j- just to prove, hey, summer league wasn't a joke. So yep. okay, guys got game. Finals MVP Summer League, Kyle Kuzma, everybody. <laughs> um, my offensive play of the game was Brandon Ingram taking Todd to back out to the oh, tool shed yeah, yeah, yeah. and showing him the true meaning of old school, as in he schooled Todd's old ass. Ooh. Ooh I really liked that. You know, he, he did that semi-Euro step, and then I think he finished with the left hand. He which did, yeah. He switched hands. was amazing. And Got Todd, into his body, yeah. too. And, you know, Todd is like an older player now, so he's not as stout defensively but i mean he's still a very solid smart player for sure with length definitely and the fact that you know ingram took him out you know he's at the three-point line all the way into the lane was very impressive so i really like that uh imagine ingram trying to do that last year no not at all i mean he his his mentality tonight was very aggressive super on point he's really taking to heart that i'm a franchise player yada yada you know i'm gonna take it upon myself to be the team's leading scorer uh, my runner-up, actually, and it was a play that Ingram kind of, you know, spun in and out from three-point land. He got tapped on it. Was uh, Lonzo was running the break, and it looked like he was looking for the lob man patrolling the paint, but somehow he no-look bullet-wrapped a pass to Ingram on the baseline for an open three. And Ingram, like, you know, he got tapped on it. But I was like, how did he get that pass? I was like, very... Uh, subtle play by Lonzo, but I thought for sure he was going to pass it to the guy in the paint, but oh, yeah. all of a sudden you see him like, no look, pass it to Ingram on the baseline. So one of, one of Lonzo's more flashier passes tonight. Um, let's move on to, I mean, we've been trashing it, but let's, let's talk about defensive play of the game. We may end up having the same one. That's all right. But what was yours? So mine is interesting because it was a result of a mistake. Right. Um, so it was when Lonzo was chasing down Andrew Wiggins and stole the ball after his own turnover. Now, the steal in and of itself, it was, if anything, you could say it was like Minnesota not communicating, saying to Wiggins, watch your back, but it still shows how tenacious Lonzo is. And people say, oh, he's so laid back. And if you look at the game against Kentucky in the uh, in March Madness, he just looked like he was out of it. And maybe sometimes he could be complacent, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, that play right there shows you that he isn't. Like, this is a preseason game, and I'm sure he felt pretty stupid making the error that he made previously, got himself involved again, poked the ball away from Wiggins, and uh, so yeah, that would be my defensive play. It was kind of him saving his own butt, but it's all good. Yeah, I think the thing about Lonzo that's good, even if he gets beat defensively or he dies on a screen, is his hands are always very active. He he's really sm- has smart spatial awareness, um, knows how to get into passing lanes, and tonight he showed activity punching the ball out of Teague Teague's hands. Um, I had that as my defensive play as well, but since you had that, I'm going to go with Thomas Bryant's super block mm. attack um, in the paint. That was cool to see a rim protector since we kind of went small all night long. Um, so let's 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 go straight into player of the game. Uh, who was your player of the game? Kyle um, Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Why? <laughs> uh, pretty much everything I said for those offensive <laughs> plays of the game. Uh, but no, seriously, like he's draining threes. He has such a quick release. This guy is seriously like. I know we said it in the summer, like, kind of reminds me of Clay, Clay Thompson. Thompson. It's like, that sounds so, like, stupid. It sounds ridiculous to say. But... Especially for a guy who just started shooting threes. But Yeah, I mean, the guy has an extremely quick release. I, I would love to see kind of the way that they time, like, a quarterback's release in the NFL. Like, how fast is his release to, compared to some of the fastest shooters? Um, <clears throat> and he just showed such a wide array of offensive skill. Like, yep. we already talked about the floaters. We talked about the hook shots. <clears throat> he has a mid-range game. He's got the three-pointers. He's he's good at distributing the ball as well. He sets good screens. He runs the floor extremely well. And he does not look like a rookie out nope. there. And this was against good competition. He had to guard Carl Anthony Towns for a couple possessions. Yep. And he was playing the three and the four, which are, like, two completely different things. And it's so out of his comfort zone. But, like, even if he was uncomfortable... It, it wasn't like that apparent. Yeah. So I'm giving it to Kyle Kuzma. It what about looks that? Like a vet. What about that alley oop dunk from JC where he had to oh, like dude. kind of reach for the sky? Dude, stars yeah, there. It, Stu Lance even said it on the broadcast. It's like, yeah, I thought JC threw that one completely <laughs> out of bounds, but Kyle Kuzma, he he got it, you know. So um, he's my player of the game. Yeah, you know Kyle Kuzma tonight. He is almost a weird, perfect blend of like Randall and Nance put together. He is and a Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, yeah. He is the perfect few he is the perfect best friend of a point guard because mm. when he sets a screen, he is the legitimate threat to roll or pop. And when you when he pops, like the defense actually has to rotate. And then he can get the defense off guard by, you know, driving it into the lane. And the fact that he has such a soft touch is ridiculous. Yep. Like, all of those bank shots, I was like, what, what is going on right oh, now? Yeah. This guy cannot miss. This guy literally can't miss. I mean, the hook shots were an added bonus, but, like, I think he had literally three, like, bank, sh- soft bank shots right before those hook shots. And you're right. He showed, like, the mid-range jump jump shot game. He can pull up for a mid-range off the dribble. He even had a play where he had a really nice pass to, I think, Thomas Bryant, someone like that. Um, we've said it before, poor man's Ben Simmons, but he might be more offensively skilled than Ben Simmons. Take away some of the passing ability that Simmons has, but otherwise, I mean, his offensive arsenal is there in a triple threat variety, and his he's he's fluid dribbling the ball even. He's just a really fluid player, and you add the size and the length and athleticism to that, and Cal Kuzma is, is going to be everybody's best friend, especially point guards, because... That guy sets a screen, and I mean, as he continues to get bigger in the NBA and learns how to set more bone-crushing screens, I mean, 
it's over, man. That I mean, he's so good. He's so controlled. Um, yeah, Kyle Kuzma, definitely real deal tonight. He is making the power forwards kind of expendable, man. I It's really tough. Even though Julius Randle had 14 points tonight. Sure. I mean, the problem he with Julius... 7 for 14. You yeah, look at that stat line. He was really like, good. Oh, this guy's great. The problem with Julius this year is he's on a contract year, and you have to be way better than even that to, like really prove that you deserve to take up that cap space that's going to be shelved for two max players. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's that's Julius's problem. You know, he's going to be have to be better than I improved, you know, mm-hmm. or better than I'm good. And when you see a guy like Kyle Kuzma, you know, the stuff that Julius Randle is only trying to learn how to do now, which is body control, Kyle Kuzma has it already. Granted, he's older than Julius, but it seems like they spent the same amount of time in the NBA and Kyle Kuzma is the more skilled player, you totally. know? Julius obviously has some things to his advantage, like strength and speed and all that stuff, but Kyle Kuzma right now, just based off of raw skill and ability, for this to be his first year in the NBA is kind of amazing to think about. So It's going to be really interesting to see how other teams adjust defensively right. to Kuzma. Like, how are they going to play him? They're going to be denying him. They're going to try to body him up for sure especially if he's playing the four. Um, but he just seems like he's such an intelligent player, he's going to figure out a way to deal with that. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, the other plus about um, Kyle Kuzma is, you know, when he was blowing up in Summer League, we always thought that was, you know, 70% due to Lonzo Ball. Sure, but tonight, yeah. he barely played with Lonzo, actually. And, like, in the second half, it was mostly on his accord. Or he was out there by himself, and he was scoring on his own accord, and that's that was really encouraging to see. Like it doesn't matter whether it's Lonzo Ball, Tyler Ennis, whoever the point guard is, you know, um, the fact that he was able to put up points in bunches and still shoot really well was very very encouraging. So props to Kyle Kuzma. I know Kyle Kuzma's mom is going crazy on Twitter right now, like retweeting a bunch of people's tweets that are like, "Who cares about Lonzo? We got Kuzma. Kuzma's the goat, yo!" Like. <laughs> It's like it's like Zubats all over again, but Kyle Kuzma. Except this time, I I think it may have more longevity. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, having said that, you know it is the first preseason game. Actual NBA regular season hasn't started, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see how the NBA adjusts and adapts. But I have full confidence by the fact that this guy can shoot, and he has a pretty quick first step, and he can leverage his ability to shoot that he'll eventually figure it out. And again. He didn't have very many leakouts this game, and that was his bread and butter with sure. Lonzo Ball and some of Right, right. Um, my player of the game, I, I have Kyle Kuzma slotted here, but I think, and this may be a weird sort of thing, but I kind of have Brandon Ingram in here. Um, look, I know he only had four for 15, only shot four for 15, but a good three or four of those shots, he got tapped on. You know, his shot was looking very, very good in the first half, and he had two or three three-pointers just rim in and out, you know? Um, and... I more so for me, the reason why Brandon Ingram is my player of the game is that he's been talking about this the entire summer in terms of being more vocal, showing that he's going to be more aggressive, take this thing seriously. Everybody's been, you know, throwing all these expectations on him. He had that one crazy summer league game and the way he came out out of the gate here, you know, hitting that three pointer, just shooting relentlessly. Honestly, I didn't care whether or not the shots were going in. I was like, well, Let's see if he's actually willing to take on this burden and actually walk the walk, you know, walk the talk. And he did, you know, I, I, I think that shot is eventually going to come around, especially because, you know, he should have shot seven for 15 tonight and he's going to get to the free throw line more. Um, he had that 
again, that play against Taj Gibson, um, he had a couple of turnaround jump shot opportunities as well, which is, I think is going to be his bread and butter just because he's so long. Um, yeah, I really like Brandon Ingram's game tonight. 10, 10 points, six rebounds was active on defense as well. A little too active sometimes. Again, my, my problem with Ingram is he scares me when he jumps, you know, that one where you hit the stanchion and yeah. his left leg got all kind of crazy looking. Yeah. It's just like all flailing limbs and legs. And you're just like, Ooh, how are you going to land? That's a little scary. You yeah. know, I mean, it's good that his body is starting to come into form a little bit that should help but he's actually i mean his fearlessness is scary <laughs> like it's it's, it's yeah. good that he has that fearlessness first of all and i think that will coincide with his body coming around more and more and those two should work in concert to help him become like a really good nba player but right now it's still a little shaky but having said that brandon ingram did look like a guy who's ready to take on that responsibility yeah. you know whether or not he produces the results we'll see but right now you're seeing steps being yeah. taken to get to that point. Yeah, like you said, he's been saying recently, I'm going to step up. And tonight he backed it up. You know, yeah. like he made the effort for sure. And he was fearless <laughs> for better or for worse. And uh, within the first three to five minutes of the game, watching him and like his swagger, his body language and the style, I thought, dang, like this guy really meant what he was saying, you yeah. know. And then when the shots weren't falling, the fact that he still was aggressive Yep. was also impressive, you know? Like, you got to shoot your way out of it. You're not going to shy away and just kind of disappear offensively because if he does that with our personnel, then what are we left with? Right. Last year, that wouldn't have happened at all. I mean, no way. Ingram no. had, like, five-shot games. Because yeah, like... he would have had, like, D'Angelo to rely on. He would have had right. Lou Williams to rely on. He would have had Nick Young and, like, all these other dudes to kind of bail us out as a team. And, I mean, I think even Luke said it, like, we don't we don't have any of those guys anymore. So right. it's it's his team. Yeah, I think one thing that maybe was missing from his game, and I don't really blame him, but I hope it doesn't get lost in all the scoring machine mellow stuff. But, you know, the playmaking, you know, hopefully he gets, he incorporates that a bit more. Granted, the half court stuff hasn't been implemented, but I'd like to see him bring up the ball more. I know the ball's 90% going to go to Lonzo most of the time, but I like to see Point Ingram here and there because he is a good ball handler. And I think this year, you just see more of the confidence in his handles and dribbling ability. I think what makes Ingram such an interesting player is not only because of his length, but the way that he's able to switch up speeds. And then when he, you know, when he drives into the lane, he's able to somehow condense his body and then go really slow and take like these old man steps that yep. the defense is like, what is he doing? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then because he's so long, his limbs just come out of nowhere and he's able to put up a shot mm -hmm. and the defense either fouls him or they just don't know what to do with it. So, I think, you know, as he gets even stronger, um, gets even more comfortable and aggressive that, you know, those Ingram drives are going to be really special. You know, I just hope he doesn't, you know, take it too much over the edge in terms of like banging with the trees. You know, I want him to preserve his body a little bit, but the fact that he can find these creases as he drives into the lane is, is really awesome. And the fact that he still has those hezzy juke moves at the top of the key and is getting more and more Duke comfortable, like doing what he used to do at Duke to defenders and crossing them over and all that stuff is really cool. And his jump shot, even though it wasn't going in, mechanically looks a lot better. A lot smoother, like a lot more rotation. About how I'm not shooting it like a slingshot anymore. Um, my arm is going to be more of a 90-degree angle, so I'm not pulling it back and yada yada. So Gooseneck. Yeah, the fact that it looks more compact, there's less motion in general, um, I feel like that's visibly different. Yep, so kudos to Brandon Ingram. Just keep shooting, man. Um, let's move on to 
Did you have a low... Keeping key... it positive or negative? Let's keep it positive first. <laughs> okay. Who is your low-key surprise player? Was there a low-key surprise player for you tonight? I guess you could say Kuzma, but... Tyler Ennis. Yeah, I have him too. Tyler Ennis was my guy. I felt like he distributed the ball really well, and I thought he was aggressive offensively when he really needed to be. If he had to knock down a jumper, he could hit the mid-range shot. He didn't look rushed or flustered or anything like that, and he wasn't out of sorts at any moment of the game, really, so... um I don't know if he's like a backup point guard on most teams in the NBA, but for our team, he's going to be. And, um, you know, he played really well at the end of last season, but because last season was such a bag, it's just like, well, we can take this with a grain of salt. Today is just preseason, so we'll still take it with a grain of salt, but I really liked what I saw from Tyler Ennis. Um, again, he was passing the ball similarly to the way Lonzo was. The second he came in the game, he was pushing it ahead. He wasn't dribbling like crazy. He was not a ball stopper whatsoever. So um, despite the fact when I was playing as the Lakers in NBA 2K on my GM mode and he was late to a practice and then I had to punish him uh, in real life, that does not seem to be the case. Yeah, and it's for me too, six points, eight assists. I'm surprised that he got eight assists. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, but good on Ennis for really, you know, helming that second unit. And the second unit actually got us back in the game and kind of sustained that through the fourth, which good on them. Um, yeah, I thought Tyler Ennis was very solid. Seemed like a great floor general out there, like you said, p- continued to push the fast pace initiative. Um, so yeah, that was my low-key surprise player. Uh, let's get a little negative. Were you Who's... tempted to put Zubots? I yeah, was, you know, but it's like, it's not low-key. Right, it isn't. It's <laughs> because kind of, we're all like, okay, guy, like, let's see what you could do. It's kind of him rounding back into zoo goat form, yeah, exactly. right? Uh, because he looked 8%, a lot... 8%, Mr. 8%. <laughs> I don't know about 8%. Dude, he, looks, he did look he more nimble. a lot better. Yeah. Like, just his arms. Like, there's a little bit of tone around his shoulders and his triceps, so... Um, you yeah, got that Shaq looks, dunk, Shaq yeah, dunk going dude, on. That was yeah. nice. He looked way better. So, yeah, I wanted to put him because we all love Zuby, but, like... It's not low-key because we have high expectations for the guy. Right. No, props to Zubats, you know, for coming back in shape and getting his touch back there. Um, Yeah, and then he was dunking the ball all over the place and was trying to show his strength there, you know. So, great for Zubats. Um, How about who... Did you have, like, a disappointing dude tonight? So, it's, like, misleading because, again, if you look at the stat line, you'd be like, oh, the guy was really good. I say Julius... Because he had a number of possessions where, and he's not, of course, the only one guilty of making poor decisions, but I thought he had some pretty poor decisions that just stood out to me. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because of the expectation level, like it's technically his fourth year with the team. It is a contract year. He worked his butt off in the gym all summer, all this stuff. And I mean, the one play that really stands out to me is when he tried to shoot over Towns. He just had a jump hook in the paint, and Towns absolutely stuffed him. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Towns is like seven feet tall, and yours like six, nine, maybe. You know, like he's towering over you. He has extremely long arms. You do not have extremely long arms, and you show him the ball uh, as if he's a point guard or something. And again, like he got stuffed. And I, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like he made a poor play on the previous possession right before that. So with Randall, it's like. The issues kind of compound one after another after another, and it just kind of mentally seems like it weighs on him and he gets frustrated and, you know, that whole thing. So we've talked a lot about how Julius needs to put forth maximum effort at all times, and sometimes it's inconsistent. Um, I, I saw that a little bit tonight, so maybe I'm, I'm being extremely picky here because the guy did shoot seven for 14, 
But, um, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. Yeah, so, I mean, Julius, he did have some issues uh, throughout the night where he'd hold, I mean, out of all the players. Ball stopping. Ball stopping, yeah, where he'd post up. And I'm like, Julius Randle is not a post-up player. Like, what are we doing? And he'd hold the ball way too long and, like, almost the double would come and then he'd get into trouble and he'd shoot, like, a back one-footed fadeaway. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Stuff like that is annoying. Um, I will say to his credit, he did show a lot better body control. You know, he said that's one thing he's been working on, being able to get into the lane and actually not just barrel into people, like, mindlessly. He was able to use his left hand, or right hand tonight, you know, and he actually did. show ambidexterity. So It didn't look super weird when no, he went at all. the right. No, not at all. They usually, like, oh, that was super lucky, but yeah. tonight it looked controlled, so props to Julius for that. He was able to hit some mid-range jump shots. He that did. was great. He does know? that weird thing with his legs now where he, like, bends his knees and he's kind of drifting and it's it's strange looking, but, <laughs> but, but it goes but in. But it went in. Yeah. But unfortunately what didn't go in is the... It's like, I guess Lonzo Ball shot looks weird, too, where right. we give him bad for the doubt. True. I guess what didn't go in is the much heralded and talked about three-point shot that didn't go in for Larry Nance no. as well. I mean, it's kind of the same story every year. We watch these videos of Julius Randle hitting a bunch of threes in practice. No one guarded, and we're like, oh, yes, here it comes. <laughs> and then actual on-court play, and you're like, ooh. Clank. Clank. Brick. Short. It's like, oh, that does not look good at all. That does not look natural. And that's just how it's going to be, you know? But, I mean, props to Julius tonight for being active. You know, he looked great. He was running the floor. Obviously, he's changed his body and diet up a lot. That's shown dividends. He just needs to like continue to cut down even more so the ball stopping and the bad decision-making. Yeah. All um, mentality. Yeah. For me, I think my disappointing dude, I have Nance or KCP here. I yeah, just I was going to put Nance. Too, Nance, because but... he obviously, it's like the same story again. You know, it's kind of like Randall. It's the same story with Nance. It's like... Not as aggressive. Doesn't want to dribble the ball. You know, like all that. Nance had like, what, two or three right at the rim little like tip-in, chippy types that he missed. Yeah. I mean, he was very active, obviously. He had like eight rebounds or something, was playing pretty good defense. I guess it's just when Randall makes mistakes, they just look bad. Right. When Nance makes mistakes, it's like he does other things that kind of make up for it. And I guess it's also like Larry's personality. Yeah. At least for me. It's like, ah, you know, he's such a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. So it's cool. Whereas Randall visibly gets frustrated and yeah. Right. And I think the expectation levels are obviously different. Like Randall's more of a, well, you expect him to kind of like, like be a number two sort of guy. Nance, like anything he does, it's like cherry on top of the cake or you know all that stuff but <laughs> you I, put cherries on your cake <laughs> cherry on top of the sunday icing on top of the cake let me get my idioms right <laughs> um but yeah nance was kind of disappointing but i also have kcp here just because mm. i liked his defense here and there he had that really nice you know end-to-end a crossover into the dunk thing that was cool but we brought you in to shoot some threes, buddy. Granted, mm. you haven't been a great three-point shooter throughout your career, but hit a wide-open one because you had a couple, and they were not close, you know? So I was disappointed that we didn't get to see the full KCP effect of having a 3-and-D shooting guard. In fact, I'd argue Jordan Clarkson played better mm. than KCP tonight outside of the turnovers and stuff like that that Jordan Clarkson's prone to do. But, yeah, I wanted to see more out of KCP. I I do think intangibly he brings like a sort of veteran presence, even though he's only what twenty four. Yep. So, but I I wanted to see actual shooting and then you know more tenacious defense, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Corey Brewer and Jordan Clarkson seemed to bring more of that tonight, which is interesting. But I think we always thought Corey Brewer would fit very well in a system like this. Um, 
Any other notes to close this out? Um, I think for me, one thing we didn't mention about Kal Kuzma is we've mentioned in the past, but dude, his spin moves are lethal, dude. Oh yeah. He, it's like, so, you know, when Julius Randle spin moves, it's, he like, doesn't know what he's about to do or where he's going. <laughs> well, he spins and he's like, where's the basket? <laughs> he spins and teleports back in time. And he's like, whoops, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma spins with intention and purpose. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's like so controlled and it's pretty to watch, yeah. you know? It's fully calibrated. And it's violent, too, because, like, yeah. the defender's like, whoa! And, uh, yeah, he's got that drop step right after the spin. So, yeah, like you said, he spins with a purpose. <laughs> like, with... all of his moves just make sense. You know what I mean? You feel very comfortable watching the guy. Randall is like, oh, here comes an adventure. Let's see what happens. That's Kyle Kuzma's autobiographical movie, Spins with a Purpose. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. Um, anyway. Intentional spinner. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then also I think Lonzo, again, needs to watch those bounce passes. Um, like Luke said, he needs to be more aggressive. He had a solid line tonight, did all the Lonzo ballish things he wanted him to do, obviously hit his first three-pointer, which is great, had that floater, palm floater shot, which Heck was yeah. good. He drove left, He did. floated with the right. I saw that at UCLA, like I said, on the record, maybe five times all year. So <laughs> need that to was see, good to see. Yeah, need to see more of that, and again, <laughs> needs to – find more opportunities for himself because they're out there. He's just always looking to pass. There's that one exchange with him and Brandon Mm -hmm. where they're literally just passing back and forth to each other right under the basket. With like like two feet of separation. Like, dude, someone, somebody just shoot the damn ball. Like, you're right there, but, you know, you rather have that, I guess. Right, right. Spacing was bad. So, obviously, he needs to watch. He had a couple of those, let me jump in the air and oopsie doopsie. can't do that. Can't he do that dribbled in the... right into whoever that was yeah. for the turnover. Like, he had a great play, yeah. and he dribbles right into the defense, and then they stole it, and it's going to happen. You know, it's the first game. Yeah, yeah, just the first game, and as we've seen, Lonzo usually responds. We'll see how he responds in actual real NBA play against real NBA competition. Um, but, yeah, solid line. We just want to see him more aggressive and get back into that, you know, switch it up a little bit more, keep the defense on edge. We already know his his handles are not that adept. They're not cro- they're not that shifty. But the more he can take advantage of his quick first step and all that stuff, and then even playing off ball because he's a good lob catcher and he's pretty <clears throat> athletic and all that. I mean, he's pretty athletic. We saw it in the yeah. offseason, right? If he can take advantage of that and cut more and have Brandon Ingram facilitate for him, you know, I think more ways to diversify his offensive game would be cool. Um. I think those are all my notes for the game. I mean, we're actually pretty solid in terms of time here. I didn't think we'd actually talk this much. I don't know if you have any other notes to bring. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I feel like uh, Lonzo did a pretty good job guarding Jeff Teague as well. I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but I thought his length really bothered him. And I mean, Jeff Teague has been an all-star in the past, you know. Um, There was this one play in particular where... Shoot, I can't remember exactly what it was, but all I remember thinking to myself was, dang, like, Lonzo was very long, and Jeff Teague is not, like, six feet tall, you know, the guy's, like, six two, six three, and he is skilled, and he's crafty, and he's he's just a very solid guard, and um, I felt like Lonzo did a very respectable job on him, Jeff Teague shot five for 13 for the game, he was one for four from three, he did have nine assists, but uh, finished with 11 points, and uh, he had three turnovers, so... I feel like Lonzo was partially responsible for that, and Lonzo did his thing. Oh, that was what it was. He jumped a passing lane. I mm-hmm. think someone was posting up Lonzo, 
it might have been Shabazz Muhammad, and then Lonzo jumped right in front of him, stole the ball, but then that's when he dribbled right in the defense and turned it yep. over. But um, it's those little things like that where Lonzo's defensive instincts really come into play. Man-to-man, is he going to struggle a little bit? Sure. Um, team defense-wise, at this point, is he going to understand all the principles of pick and roll, blah, blah, blah? No, of course not. He's going to get into some trouble. But just having that vision and IQ and understanding of where the ball is going to be and then him being active is going to really help him defensively. Yep, agree. Um, I think we'll cut it short there. We don't want to beat beat to death a one preseason game, obviously. We'll keep it short and sweet. I will say, Alan, I think I've come around to something in my life that I'd like to admit on air and confess. You ready for this? No. Okay, well, Tell me. here it is anyways. I think I'm bisexual. And by bisexual, I mean bisexual. Which just means I have the manly tingles for Brandon Ingram and whatever he's doing out there. I like the the aggressiveness, <laughs> the him stepping up, and I'm very excited to see him play this season. So bisexual, everybody. That's me. I mean, I'm pretty, Man sure, crush. I'm pretty sure everybody is. <laughs> Hashtag bisexual. Let's get it trending. No, I mean, I'm just kidding. In my notes is Bye, 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 like everywhere. Insane. True. There you go. There you go. Um, All right. With that said, we will catch you guys later (laughs) next time. Uh, We play the Nuggets on Monday and then we play the Nuggets again on Wednesday. Uh, We'll be back for one or both of those games with Tommy, hopefully. And yeah, it's just good to actually talk about actual basketball instead of conjecturing about all this random crap in cap space and who's going to get these minutes and who LeBron James and Paul, you know, it's good to actually talk about basketball and actually have something to look at. Wait, we don't want to talk about how Russell Westbrook signed that extension and now it seems like Paul George is going to sign an OKC. Uh, no, we're not because silly. That's silly. I mean, I don't know what changed between, you know, okay, he signed his contract. I don't think that really changes Paul George's direction either way because I think all of us pretty much thought that Russell Westbrook was going to stay in OKC. Right, right. It's just we know it now. Exactly. Uh, with that said, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in later episodes. And preseason basketball, it's back. It's lit. Yeah. All right. Once again, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us iTunes because, like I said, the more you rate interview us on iTunes, the more Tyler Ennis' jersey will get ripped. Like, that's his whole thing this year. It's going to keep getting ripped in the back like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and also patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Alan, I'll catch you later. Peace. Peace out, everybody. Lakers basketball, we're back. Yay. Bisexual. <laughs> <laughs>
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.